to Dear Adam Silver. My name is Abigail Smithson and I am an artist and huge fan of the game of basketball. This show is about the creative space that sports and visual arts share and how the two cultural entities contribute to each other. Today's guest is Shay Serrano. Shay is a staff writer for The Ringer where he writes about the NBA and pop culture. He is famous on Twitter for growing a following that cares about community issues and supporting artists. He is also the author of Basketball and Other Things, which is a New York Times bestseller, as well as Movies and Other Things, which will be released in October of 2019. I have been a fan of Shay's for a long time. Thanks so much to him for coming on the pod. I also, I was just um, uh, remembering that in your book you had talked about how, I think it was in the 2014 finals, you couldn't watch game one because you were so nervous about what was going to happen. Yeah. yeah, I actually often can't watch um, games that I should be really excited about as a fan. I just, um, it's too upsetting to me. Like what the possibility of what could happen is too upsetting. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot to deal with sometimes. It's so much. And I think that so much about being a sports fan is about witnessing and showing up and, and kind of getting to, to live through this shared experience. And then sometimes I'm just like, I cannot handle the announcers. I can't handle the sound. Like I just need to pretend that this is all over. <laughs> that's a, that's when it's the best. Right. I know. I think when I tell people that they, they question my fandom and I think it actually shows that, if I want to skip dinner because I'm nauseous because I'm worried about what's going to happen, I think that shows that I really care. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably more than more than other people. That's what I would say. If you're if you're at the point where you like if your team loses and then you just don't want to eat, then yeah, I think you qualify as a pretty big basketball fan. Right. Even if I didn't see them lose, <laughs> even if I exactly, just read yeah. about it later. Um, yeah, I actually have to. So I grew up in the Bay Area. I'm a Warriors fan. I just want to confess that um, right away. So <laughs> I'm working okay. through some current just concerns about Clay Thompson. And, um, you know, just uh, I think we'll see what happens. And I know I've been really lucky the past few years. But, um, yeah, I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> now, you don't, you don't get any sympathy. If your team has been to the fucking four of the last five I know I know yeah I don't I don't feel sorry for you at all no I'm I um I'm I'm feeling good either way it's been really exciting whatever happens the Raptors are really hard for me to hate it's not like I can have any animosity towards them so it's totally fine (laughs) I think it's totally fine um so I guess I want to talk about your the way that your writing style has developed over time um and how you have chosen to approach basketball from a sort of a different perspective than most people that write about basketball as far as it's not straightforward. It's, it's approaching it through the lens of pop culture, making connections between basketball and, and other, other subjects. Mm-hmm. So I, I just was hoping you could talk a little, about, a little bit about how that evolved or if that was always the way you thought about basketball and wrote about basketball or if that's changed over time. It was definitely always the way I thought about basketball. 
um, it wasn't uh, the way that I wrote about basketball until I probably until I ended up at um, Grantland. This is a couple of years ago. Right. And they were they're a little more a little more inclined to let you like try to do things in, in an atypical way or maybe a, a way somebody else might consider a little bit weird they they were just you know very encouraging of that sort of energy and that sort of spirit and once I got a little bit of like I got a, a small chance to do that I realized I liked it a lot and I knew I was going to try to do that as much as I could from then going forward and then they when they hired me to work there full-time and then eventually uh, at the ringer I've been there you know almost three years now yeah it's been the same sort of thing like they just want you to write in whatever way they want you to write in a way that feels natural to you, but also they're, they're very good about like pushing you to to try not even new things, but to write in a newer sort of tone or voice or whatever. Yeah. And how did you decide to um, have your book, Basketball and Other Things, be so, have original art be such a, a significant part of that? Well, the reason I wanted to do that is because a bunch of the stuff that I'm writing about is like, I don't know, it's, it's, some of it is silly, some of it is weird, some of it is like hopefully unorthodox or, or not stuff that you are used to reading or seeing all of the time. And it, I feel more comfortable if I have art that goes with it that can sort of help you understand exactly what I'm seeing in my head when I'm talking about this sort of stuff like for example there's a, a chapter in the basketball book that talks about uh, Carl Malone and a bear like an actual literal right. bear in the, in the woods <laughs> and and that's like a, that's like a very that's probably the silliest chapter in the whole book but I felt comfortable confident putting it in there because I know I'm gonna have some artwork and you're gonna get to see you're gonna get to see the bear and Carl Malone like together on the same page sort of interacting and it helps just it helps make everything feel a little more real. It helps everything feel a little more substantial if you can see it. And I don't know, that's how it works for me anyway. So I knew when I was working on the on the books, I wanted that to be like a big part of it. I wanted the art to be a thing. I wanted you to be able to look at the book and see like, oh, I can see Shaq from when he was on the Magic playing in a basketball game with LeBron when he was on the Cavs and Magic Johnson and Dr. J and Michael J. Like, I wanted you to be able to see all of those things because then you know, like, oh, okay, this is sort of, this is where this guy's head is right now. Right, and I think it it worked for me as far as if I have little sort of snips of memories from those specific games, They it comes back pretty mm -hmm. much by seeing just a, a reminder um, right. of what that was like. Did you, um, with the artist, were you... Did you just tell him the subjects of the um the subjects of the chapters or were you and then he did his own thing or were you in constant communication about how how that was that end result was gonna look? No, I I find it I find that Arturo works the best. I think most any illustrator works the best when you give them as much space as possible to just sort of do what they want to do. Yeah. And so with with something like with the book I would say, okay, Arthur, this is what I'm writing about. And I need for the picture to feel like this sort of way. I need for the picture to feel intense or I need for the picture to feel sweet 
or or whatever. And then like he would just come up with a few ideas and I go, oh, okay, yeah, boom, that's perfect. Like there's one in there where I was writing about like different dunks that have happened in the NBA. Right. And the last one that I write about is this big dunk that Scottie Pippen had over Patrick Ewing, one of the most famous dunks of all time. And it was this very violent, very like historic, cool, like a cool person dunk. And so when I was talking to Arturo about it, I said, okay, this is what I wrote about. And I need like a picture of Scottie Pippen and it needs to feel cool. And he was like, all right, cool. I got you. <laughs> and then he just drew, he drew a picture of him like in his Jersey, but also like in action movie hero clothes. And there's a big explosion going off behind them. It's not even on the basketball court. It's just like a cool thing. And I was like, that's fucking, that's perfect. That's exactly right. what I needed. Or like, a, you know, I'm writing about you know, players who never won a championship. If they did, how would it affect their legacy? I need like a, I need like a touching picture. And he goes, oh, okay, cool. Like this is easy. I'm going to draw Charles Barkley one of the most famous people who's never won a title. And I'm going to draw him holding the, the trophy like he won and he's crying. And I'm like, oh, that's perfect. Like, you don't, you give him you give him the space and he usually makes something cool. Sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes he'll make a thing and I don't like it and we have to like redraw, right. redraw something. But it's the same as like when I write a story, the editor sometimes is not going to like it. That's just how that relationship works. But yeah. The quick answer is I try to give him as much room as possible to sort of move around inside of his own head. Yeah. And I guess, so do you feel, I mean, sort of fine art and sports are not usually something that we see alongside of each other regularly. Um, I guess I consider that uh, like amazing athletes are also artists in their own way. And um, so I'm just wondering Basically, I'm wondering how you feel about, you know, what an artist is, what a visual artist or a, a dancer is capable of versus an athlete. And I basically just wish there was more crossover between sports and art and that they weren't sort of marketed for specific groups of people. That they, they were, um, there was more of a, that everyone can get something out of both of these things. Yeah, I think... I think all of that stuff sort of ties in together if you just let it be, uh, I don't know, if you just let it be like a natural thing. It just makes sense if you take, basketball is a very beautiful sport to watch, for example. Mm -hmm. It just makes sense to me that if we got, if you like let an artist do some basketball stuff, it's going to turn out pretty cool, I think. And. So I don't understand why, like, why that wouldn't be the case. I don't understand why people don't let that happen more often. But I think I think you and I are aligned on that. There. Yeah. Just, no, I wasn't. Know, let, let them interact. Yeah, I wasn't expecting a an argument, a great debate, or anything. I was just thinking like that. I just um, I find it frustrating that often it is understood that art is kept a certain place and sports are kept a certain place. And if you like sports, you're a certain way. And if you like uh, going to a gallery, you're a certain way. And I just want yeah, there yeah, to be yeah. more um, overlap or, or conversation um, between the two uh, when possible. Yeah. And I think we, I think that is happening definitely more and more as, as we get a little more advanced as people maybe, but it, it's still, it's still definitely two separate conversations. Like, I have, so I have sons right now. I have three sons mm -hmm. and the the two older ones are about to be 12. And if I'm having conversations with people about the boys, they're asking like, oh, do the boys play 
do they play like sports on the basketball team at school or or whatever? And I go, yeah. no, they just sort of play with their their friends at the park. And they go, oh, do they? Well, what do they do? And so they they like to play instruments and draw pictures and play video. Games. And they're like, oh, so they're arty kids. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I mean, you don't have to be one or the other. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's two sides on a coin. You can be both of those things. So, I don't know. We'll get there eventually. I think. Yeah, I really hope that there continues to be more discussion because I think that actually that's a pretty um when you uh, sort of assume because someone does this, this, and this, and that means that they like these things and they don't like these things, or they shouldn't like whatever the other thing is uh, because of their interests. So, um, you know, as an artist, you're supposed to be like anti the man and fuck capitalism and this and that. And then it's like, but like the four major sports in this country are huge money makers. How can I then sit in front of my TV and be totally have, have the spiritual experience as an artist, you know? So yeah, I think that that, um, I hope, I, yeah, I hope that we get there as well. And I think that it's helping that more and more NBA players are, uh, purchasing art and being involved in, um, with personally with artists. Yeah, I think so for sure. It's always cool to see like, to see some one of them maybe post a picture on Twitter or Instagram that someone sent them or they like retweet a thing, a piece of fan art, right. and then the artist gets all excited and everybody sort of gets to celebrate how cool it is. Like, that's neat. Yeah, no, I, I, I love that too. Um, I'm also interested in, it seems like, I guess the way that I frame it or I've thought about it is that you're your practice as a writer or um, your work also has to do with you, the your community, whether that community is on Twitter or uh, the community you live around. And I was just wondering how that came to be such an important part of how you work is engaging with people and sort of lifting other people up. I, it's, I think it's a byproduct of two things. Number one, Writing is is like a an inherently lonely job, especially if you don't work in a in a building with other writers and you like are all sitting in a room together. Yeah, I'm I'm in my office right now. I'm the only person in here. I will be the only person in here for the rest of the day. I've been the only person in here all week. <laughs> I'm just in here alone. So like getting on Twitter for for an hour or whatever, like that helps me sort of connect with people and like feel like I'm a like a normal person or part of a you know, part of a group of friends. So yeah. that's, that's one reason. I think, the, I think the other part of it is I, the first nine years of my career were, I was like teaching at the same time that I was writing and teaching is like, that's the whole, that's the whole big point of teaching is like, you're trying to make these connections with these kids. And that just sort of carries over into, you know, all of the other stuff I'm trying to do now. Like it just makes sense to me to, try to help out whenever I can, if I can, you know what I'm saying? Yes, definitely. And did you feel that, um, so there wasn't any distinction from when you moved your careers to, okay, I'm now I'm going to do it this way. It's just always been built in. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, I mean, I do definitely do it more, but I think that's probably just because I have more time to be on the internet when you're teaching, you know, you're not on the internet from, 7.30 7.30 in the morning until whenever you get home, 5.30 in the afternoon. Now I'm just on the internet all day, every day. So there are more opportunities for it. Yeah. And I'm sure that you, I'm not the first person to say this, but Twitter is a really difficult place. It's really rough. 
I think, um, can be. And I'm just, I'm wondering how you, I mean, you seem to have found such a positive, it's such a positive force in your practice. Uh, yeah, I think part of that is because I'm a man. So it's just easier on the internet. If you're a man, I don't have to worry about that part. And then also another part of it is, I don't know, I think at this point, mostly everybody who follows me, they sort of figure out very quickly if they are aligned with the stuff that I believe in or if they're not aligned with the stuff that I believe in. And usually if they're not, then they just sort of leave. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like every every like a couple of weeks, I might you know, a story will pop up that will make me feel like I need to make sure everybody knows, like, you know what, fuck this sort of this anti-abortion right sentiment that is happening right now or or fuck these people who are trying to put these kids in concentration camp like and you tweet there i might tweet a few of those things out and somebody who just started following me a week ago realizes like oh i feel the other way maybe i don't want to be around this guy and they just sort of leave a lot of the stuff I, I i get and i just ignore i don't want to sort of bounce that out into the universe but yeah i think that's probably that's probably a part of it yeah that's that's helpful to sort of just be clear about about what's going on. Um, I think that that is a difficult balance to strike when people are following you because of basketball um, as a shared interest. Um, so it's it's also nice that you're uh, sort of not hiding that, hey, we can both share basketball, but like this other shit is serious and I need to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, I'm not trying to have a conversation with somebody about this stuff who doesn't feel the same way that I do. Like, I don't want to talk to you on Twitter about why Donald Trump is a piece of shit and why you, if you still support him, are also a piece of shit. Like, we're not going to have that conversation <laughs> right. because it's, yeah. it's not it's not going to it's not going to end with you going, oh, you know what? You're right. That's not going to happen. It's just going to be fucking 30 tweets of us yelling at each other forever. So I'm just not going to do that. And, you know, I think that probably helps a little bit, too. Who knows? Yeah, that's a good point that people who are still supporting Donald Trump, um, there's like no, there's no uh, reason to waste any time there. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Um, the other questions that I had for you kind of related to maybe your experiences with basketball as a kid before now you're able to use it and write about it in this way that you're thoughtful about it um, and, and thinking it through and analyzing it from all these different angles. And I'm wondering what your some of the words or the experiences you had when you were a kid how how those whether they still carry on or some of it's lost its charm or or how you sort of uh reconcile the the basketball as a writer and adult and the basketball as a as a kid well in my head all of the like basketball memories that i that i have are all very very good i mean even even the stuff that when you watched your team lose and that like that night sucked it the reason it sucked is because you cared about this thing and you like gave yourself to this thing and there's no way for me to like think back on that and feel bad about about that you know what i'm saying it's it's like it all is coming from like this sort of pure place this fun place playing basketball is fun watching it is fun so the the older i get the like more fond I am of those memories of being 12 or 13 years old and experiencing a basketball game as like purely a basketball game and nothing else. Now you're an adult and like everything sort of has a different tint to it just because.
because you know all the other shit that's going on. But yeah, I'm, for the most part, I'm still trying to watch basketball the same way I watched it as a kid, which is like I turn on the TV and I watch these superheroes run across the court for two hours, and then I turn the TV off, and I'm like, wow, that was really that was really great. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a that's interesting about. Um... It is hard sometimes to just enjoy it purely when you know when you do know all the other things that are going on. Whereas, um, yeah, I mean, when you're little and it's like uh, this person just can do no wrong and they're perfect, like that's a really exciting thing that sports gives us. Yeah, and it doesn't even have to be. It doesn't even have to be like, oh, it turns out that this player I like feels the way about a thing that I don't feel. It doesn't have to be. It could be something as simple as like. Today is the sixth, and I pay my car bill, my car note on the ninth, and like that—that that was that—that that like takes up some space in your brain all of the time now. When you're an adult, and you've got bills to pay, or you've got like, my kid was upset because he got a bad grade at school. Like there's a, there's all this other stuff sort of pressing down on your head when you're yeah. a kid. It's there's you don't have any of that. It just it's very, it's very pure. But that's also a big part of the reason why I like basketball so much now. Because if you're watching a game and it's a really close game and it's a team that you care about a lot. For, the, for like a stretch, for a stretch of time during that game, for eight minutes or for nine minutes, whatever the last couple minutes of the fourth quarter, you sort of forget about all of the other stuff for a little while, and you watch all this, this, this like great athleticism happen on your TV, and it's really fun. And then again, you turn it off, and all the other stuff comes back. Like sports are cool that way, but basketball especially because I don't know, it doesn't have as many stops in it. It's sort of free flowing. It's just. It's the most beautiful sport for sure for me. Yeah, I think I think I agree that it is uh it is the most beautiful and it does feel like it's the most human. Um where we're seeing sort of things unfold uh with people's reactions and faces and and bodies and it just it feels like you're kind of watching just these small um just this little fishbowl of human expression and desire and emotion just play out all the time it's so exciting yeah i definitely it's the it's the best one for me for a number of reasons but like there are a lot of practical reasons in there as well you can see the players it's not like football their their faces yeah. are covered um you can see all of the players at once this is in baseball where you're watching the batter and the pitcher and the catcher until something till the ball gets hit and then you see the other people and you realize oh should they're eight other people on the screen or whatever. Right, right, yeah. Um, and soccer soccer has, there are 22 people on the field, and, like, if you're, it's just too many people to see them all. But basketball is, like, a little bit of everything. Basketball is also the easiest game to, like, replicate with your friends. I, again, I'm sitting in my office right now. I could play a pretend basketball game in my office by myself. I can't do that with baseball or football or soccer or whatever. Like, basketball is the best. Yeah, definitely. It, um. Yeah, the, I only I just wish that sometimes it was played outside because I think that that's like a magical part about baseball is that you kind of get to interact with like there's this you get to sit out and be under the stars or this like beautiful day and I just sometimes I want all of those things to come together in basketball. But I also understand. <laughs> I have never. I have never watched a basketball game and been like, "Ooh, I, it would be cool if it was windy right now." Or if the sun. <laughs> that's not that. I think that's for that's for you playing on an outdoor court, like on an outdoor rim, a double rim. It's fucking miserable. So right. count me off of you. Uh, count me off of that. I don't want. I don't want that part. You can have that's 
You can have all the outside games. Great. Thank you. I think it's just because uh, baseball is like so tied to a season. It's like spring training and it's warm now and we're going to play baseball. And it's like, I wish that I felt more of a seasonal pull from basketball, but that's, that's really my only, my only thing. Um, once I'm inside that's- the arena, I'm pretty, I'm pretty in it. <laughs> I, yeah, I will give you that. Ba- baseball, baseball feels more romantic in that sense. One of my kids, uh, the youngest one, I mentioned I have three, the youngest one plays t-ball right now, or he just finishes t-ball season. Mm-hmm. It's the first time. Um, I guess the other ones played it too when they were little, but this is the first time I've had a kid who likes it. He wants to go. Yeah. And like the, the, the baseball field is like, it, you can see it happening. This is a special place for these kids. Even for the adults, they really get into it. It's, Baseball, yeah. All right. You got that. You got oh, that thank one. You, right. Thank you. Thank you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's also, I mean, I'm really careful about saying this, but, well, sort of, but I mean, sometimes when I'm at a baseball game, like, I can't help but I feel like a teeny little, little bit, like, patriotic. Like, it brings out this, like, emotional <laughs> side in me about just, it's some, I think it has to do with the weather and, like, hot dogs or something that I just, um, <laughs> yeah, it just, it can feel like uh, this, like, rite of spring, which is, which it is. It can feel as though it's, it's this, um, it's this event in a way that, uh, I mean, of course, basketball is an event, too. It just sometimes, um, you're so closed off from the rest of the world. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my that's my one pro baseball rant. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Um, I, I accept. Great. And those were that was those were most of my questions for you. If you have any last minute thoughts about sports and art, please share them. No, I think the <laughs> the one thing I'd like to always say in these situations is if you if there's like an artist that's making some cool stuff, then fucking buy some of their cool stuff so that they can that they can keep doing it that's my my one of my favorite things to do in the world is just be on the internet looking for looking for art uh, like a cool piece of basketball art or a cool piece of whatever art and then you find you find the thing you're looking for that feels that's like such an exciting feeling to me i wish we had more artists i wish that more people bought more art from more other people that would be really that would be great. Yeah, that's a really nice to hear someone say that who's not an artist or not like an artist in the traditional sense. Like that's so nice that, that that's that's something that you actively seek out. And I know that I sometimes yeah, see that you like, like post um, different people's art and it's just such a nice – there's nothing like having something that some, came from someone's head and ended up um, just like a book or, or something like that. It's just like that this is, this is true to them and you can't buy it on Amazon and that – is a thrill sometimes. Are there any, are there websites that you go to where it's just like, like a whole, like a directory of artists, for example, and you just sort of scroll through and, and look for cool stuff? Oh, um, no, I don't know anything. Well, I might, I might have to email you something. Cause I, I feel like that must exist and, and it sounds, but I don't know. I haven't done it recently. Um, but my, I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say the only the only one I found so far, or the best one I found so far, is, is a website called womenwhodraw.com. and they have the best as far as layout. Like when you go to the page, it's just it's just a bunch of pieces of art on there, and it'll have the person's name under it, and it's like one just one like one picture. Boom! This person drew this picture, 
and then you can click on it and it will take you to that person's site where they've got other other art but it's like it's really fun to sort of scroll through stuff like that and then you know something will catch your eye or be like oh that's a cool drawing let me see more of that and then it allows you go to go straight to that like you can also find the same sort of thing on instagram if you're on one artist's page and then they use a hashtag and you click the hashtag and it takes you to other people who have like drawn in a similar way or whatever but yeah that's just it's very relaxing to do that and it's also cool to see like Man, there are a lot of talented people out there making really like interesting things. This is this is neat. Right. And it's good that there are that I mean, I think Instagram has really helped with being able to promote yourself and, and get the people who are interested in, in the thing that you're responding to or making work about to find your, your stuff. It's really helpful. Yeah, for sure. Well, again, thank you so much for um making time and uh yeah, I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Of course. Take care. Hopefully we'll we'll cross paths another time. Yes, I believe we will. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye, Shay. Bye.